Our social bubbles may be shrinking during the second wave, but our appetite for bubble waffles remains humongous. Welcome to Talking With Our Mouths Full. I'm Nightingale Nguyen. And I'm Michael Chan, and we are in the second wave of the pandemic. And as more and more regions move back to a modified stage two reopening, it is ever so important for everyone to maintain a positive mindset. It is ever so important for everyone to be there for one another because we are in this together. And to that end, we have a very special and positive guest today. Nightingale, please do the introduction. Alrighty, Connie Wang is a CSA, that stands for Canada Screen Awards nominated actress whose light and positivity shines the path for authenticity in both her performance and to others like friends and people around her. So let's give a warm welcome to Ms. Connie Wang. Thank you for the lovely intro. How are you doing, Connie? I'm actually doing surprisingly very well. That's good to hear. Right now. So how uh, how has the pandemic been for you? Hmm, a roller coaster for sure. Uh, like just internally, um, like from March till now, I'm I feel more me. Like I feel I was able to unearth a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not by choice. It's like we had to with everything going on. It was very triggering, and I'm really happy to have like gone through it and just like allowed for it all to come up and really deal with all of like the limiting beliefs that um that I've been holding on to and really causing uh a reframe in mind so that I can live abundantly and come from a place of love and authenticity and purpose so it's been very transformative and I'm very thankful and uh how has the how has the food been <laughs> throughout the pandemic considering uh it's it, we can barely go out for food so I actually moved back home to Windsor to live with my parents. Oh. Yeah, I was there for six months. And the last time I was home, I was 17. So oh, wow. it felt like a completion for me, you know, to go back home and be with my parents. I think I left way too early. Like mm. I was out on my own here in Toronto. Like the last 10 years have just been me hustling, hustling, and just feeling really alone. Mm-hmm. And um, just really struggling to be independent I think um or at least like there was always a void uh within just like wanting to be with my parents and like I didn't actually like fully choose to leave it was just like I had to go to school but this time it was so nice and I was like mommy I want to come home and she's like of course so she came and got me March break she's a teacher and then I was there for six months so the food was all mama's home cooking nice spoiled rotten (laughs) rotten and yeah I learned to cook with my mom too some more recipes so that to add to my sort of I'm not a big cook I'll be honest like soy sauce is great on everything (laughs) like that's my (laughs) go-to so it was nice to learn from mom I mean we ate out once I think we ordered from the mandarin one time it was terrible (laughs) (laughs) Did you gain the uh, pandemic 15? Because I certainly did. Quarantine. <laughs> or the quarantine yeah. 15, yes. I didn't because I was, I'm was. i still very active. I started longboarding 
I just started doing all these things that I've always wanted to do. So, um, yeah, I started playing the ukulele. I started drawing again. And then, you know, I'd walk around the neighborhood and there'd be like these teenage girls on skateboards. And I was like, yo, back in my day, that was not a thing. So I was like, oh, I was like Googling. I was like, how does a 30 year old learn to <laughs> skateboard without breaking herself? So <laughs> longboard was the thing. So I bought a longboard and um, was doing that. Started stand up. So I was just pretty busy. I had a whole backyard to myself and the suburbs. It was a great place to run and like go for a walk in the woods. So I didn't find that I was uh, gaining weight. I was just probably losing a lot of muscle. If anything. Oh, oh God. Yeah. I lost a lot of muscle during the pandemic. Um, I don't have muscles. What are you, you talking about, Knight? You don't need them. <laughs> That's what I realized. I was like, I feel like I don't need as much muscle as I thought I needed. I was like, I'm here to be a, a like a like a a voluptuous woman. That's what I learned through pandemic. Is like I really was able to go through like my body shame, mm-hmm. and I just know that I was on the trajectory, like pre-pandemic, the trajectory of something that was not sustainable. You know, not eating right, working out way too much, um, a lot of mental stress, hustling, mm-hmm. and just like running in circles around myself and not really living in the moment. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just to be able to settle and be like, I've been working out way too hard. I'm not here to be a muscle man. I'm here to be a soft woman. <laughs> so that's just to say, Nightingale, you don't need muscles. <laughs> I just want to be a fluffy marshmallow. <laughs> need enough muscle so that you don't break, like you don't like, you know, so it's healthy. You just need enough muscle. Hey, like, hey. We need enough muscles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see nightingale has enough muscles to do stunts on tv shows see i know about that night so <laughs> don't downplay what you can do with, yeah. with the muscles I that you do have be a fluffy marshmallow <laughs> <laughs> you can be a That's badass fluffy girl. marshmallow Says the stunt girl <laughs> i don't do that many it's just horseback riding that's really nothing mm-hmm. while fighting mm-hmm. okay <laughs> I just want to be a fluffy marshmallow, everybody. <laughs> Stay puffed, everyone. Stay puffed. Um, but no, it's it's nice to hear because, like, I think for a lot of people, the pandemic has been definitely a time of self-reflection, uh, a time of recalibration. And, you know, we do always hear so much negativity surrounding the pandemic. It, it's nice to hear that there's also some positivity coming out of it um but speaking of food I, I'm, I'm glad you haven't really gained weight and have stayed active meanwhile i'm back at work here at the office and one of the things getting me fat is uh bubble waffles join me in being a fluffy marshmallow <laughs> uh, <laughs> see i work at the denison center at denison and kennedy over in markham and uh, there's this this amazing bubble waffle place here called Tang Tang Dan Kun King, which, by the way, is our feature uh, of the day. Now, um, they are the most well-known bubble waffle shop in the GTA, in Toronto and the GTA. Now, growing up, I used to go with my parents to the booth they had in Market Village on the northeast corner of Steeles and Kennedy. Uh, that mall opened in 1990, and Tung Tung was there from day one. So they're 
pretty old. Uh, of course, Market Village closed down eventually and uh, was recently torn down. So Tang Tang kind of moved their headquarters to here, to Denison Center. And for uh, those who are listening, the address is 1661 Denison Street, which is on the southwest corner of Denison and Kennedy. Now, uh, if you if you actually come to the plaza, there's a BMO. There's a main entrance next to the BMO. If you head in to, uh, through that main entrance and just walk straight, you'll see it. Um, they do actually have a second location, though. It is in Pacific Mall at 4300 Steeles Avenue East. Uh, it's on the second floor. Uh, from Tung Tung, Today, I got bubble waffles. Oh, look at those. The and, like we have. Yeah, so Nightingale's on the bottom of my screen. So I'm going to attempt, once again, to feed her through the screen. I don't know if I'm doing this right. You didn't throw it. You didn't throw There we go. Did it get, did it go in her mouth? Connie, did I get it in her mouth? Yes, 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 it landed. Yes! Oh! And, uh, Three points. Yeah. yeah, these are very, very, like, these are traditional bubble waffles. They're soft, and uh, mm, you can see that inside is very fluffy, very spongy. Now, some places make their bubble waffles, like, crispy a lot harder, so they can kind of, like, wrap them into cones and then put fillings in it. Um, but the more traditional style is the softer style. I, I do know some people who prefer it crispy, but personally, it's what I grew up with, and um, so I prefer it soft. But something some people might not know is that um, part of Tang Tang's name, Dan Kun King, is Dan Kun. That's not bubble waffles. That's uh, egg rolls. And... That's why today I also got their egg rolls and I've never actually had their egg rolls before, like ever. So um, I'm gonna try it out. I am now crushing the egg rolls accidentally because I'm trying to get the tape off. <laughs> I didn't have egg rolls when I was a kid. Yeah? Yeah. My mom would get like the big box, it come like a red container. Oh my God, yes. I think I've had some of those with, uh, with my grandma. But yeah, I haven't yeah, had these. Steel some ones. All right, so cigars. they I mean, do. I'm so cool. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. Okay, here, I'm going to try to feed Nightingale an egg roll. There yes! we go. Yes! Nailed it. How was it, Nightingale? Very good. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> it's very good for the quarantine 15 I've got. Mm. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Very, um, it's not too sweet. It's very eggy but just the way I like it. And it's a lot flakier. It should than... have egg in it if it's an egg roll. Thank you, Nightingale. <laughs> uh, but no, no, it's it's flaky. So it's like crumbling, like when I take, uh, eat with each bite I take, but it's absolutely delicious. Like I, I haven't had these in so long that I've forgotten how they tasted, but oh my God, these are so good. Oh. Mm. So you mentioned, Connie, growing up, and having egg rolls. Have you had bubble waffles as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, mean, love, I love food. So, and then you mentioned Windsor as well. Is that is that where you're born? Is that where you grew up? So I was born in Regina, Saskatchewan. Oh. And when did and you come to Ontario? Yeah, I lived there until I was four. Oh. Then we moved to Washington for a year. Mm -hmm. And uh, my mom couldn't get her green card, so then we moved to Windsor. Oh. Do you yeah. remember... Anything about living in Saskatchewan? I remember it being really cold 
um, it was like the more humbler times. So, because my parents had just immigrated over after the Tiananmen Square shooting. Oh, God. So, my dad was able to come over like right away, 1990. And then I was born a year later. Mm -hmm. So, it was very like classic immigrant time, pre Wi Fi. All right. I'm a proud millennial, baby. I'm a proud millennial. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yes. Uh, And so, yeah, I just remember like, yeah, my dad like worked all sorts of jobs, like delivery man to like, you know, owning a restaurant or sorry, running, like managing a restaurant. My mom, mm-hmm. um, she was always an educator in China too. Like my dad was a chemist and my mom was a teacher. Mm-hmm. So she was able to get in working at a daycare with like the, the women like immigrants support program, like helping you to like get a job. So that was really right. nice. She could bring me and my little sister to work with her when we hung out in daycare and then we moved and we ended up in Windsor and so technically I I had my sixth birthday in Windsor Windsor. and what was it like growing up in Windsor I loved it it was I like to say um it was probably more multicultural than any other like small town definitely not like Toronto but my parents came from Beijing so they're like we're not moving into a big city like we're here to be like town farmer people okay so uh yeah it was definitely like uh fairly white mm-hmm. and so I did grow up with a lot of uh racism around me being the only like uh woman of color in a lot of my extracurriculars because mm-hmm. uh, my parents like they fully believed to just give me and my sister skills like they just put me in everything so I was always the one who just kind of like stuck out um but thank god Windsor <laughs> was like super working class because I think I would have died if everyone was white and rich you know i know what you mean i was like oh this level's out oh god so i'm happy about that so (laughs) that helps uh but yeah ultimately windsor was really nice there's a lot of nature uh grew up in the county so there was a lot of orchards i picked like a lot of like all sorts of fruit and veggies so it was really um very connected to yeah nature and like crops and farms and animals um and yeah I think I had a really good childhood for sure like I had a really loving home it was really fun my parents did their best did they um try to teach you Mandarin yeah so my mom was a Mandarin teacher in China anyway she taught Mandarin she taught math so Mm -hmm. me and my sister always got those classes uh and then afterwards we kind of let go of mandarin but we just kind of spoke it around the house right and uh yes my mandarin is at the point right now where like i can audition in mandarin but i just need my mom i need to go over things with my mom yeah that's similar to my cantonese where you know i can i can speak it fluently but i definitely need my parents to help me with yeah reading the pandemic like i was learning how to read pinyin with my mom mm-hmm. that that was helpful but it's like yo if you don't keep it up like it kind of goes oh god yeah i'm like oh wait what oh yeah i was learning it like three months ago and then it just stopped i was like oh i forgot no what about uh like cultural traditions like mm-hmm. celebration stuff did you did you do all those here yeah chinese new year for sure like that was nice. huge oh my gosh uh moon festival mm-hmm. fun love that um yeah definitely like everything around food i call it like food festival you know like chinese culture is like it's all about food 
Um, yeah. So those were like the two that we celebrated a lot. I'm more, <clears throat> I'm more into like Christmas. Christmas is my favorite holiday. Oh my God. I, same here. Like I just, oh my God. I just love it. I just love, just love it. So nothing beats that. Also, I did go back to China in 2018 to celebrate Chinese New Year. So that was pretty awesome. Okay. What's it like? Cause I've never celebrated anything in China. So right. I like, you know how they say like, it's just like, I ate till I died. It wasn't like eat till you cry. It was like eat till you die, baby. <laughs> like, oh my god! It was like a sport. I'm like I'm stuffed. Um, it was really nice to see my extended family. I went by myself. I like going to China by myself. Um, so I've done that the last two times, and um, yeah, it was just great to see my family. It was great to just to be with everyone. The fireworks are awesome. So we went out like around midnight to set off fireworks in the yeah. street and it's like huge. it's so dangerous but like you gotta live a little you know if it's legal there not legal here you gotta do it <laughs> i was oh like my- you know if i like this thing you know my arm could really blow off right now oh well whatever yellow <laughs> my parents used to have told me stories about yeah nearly blowing their arms off when they were kids so it's nice to know that's still going on it ain't over so jumping back again uh, about food so did your parents cook a lot of traditional food Chinese food when you're growing up yeah my mom and she still does she cooked all traditional foods like home cookings mm-hmm. uh, yeah and I think especially when living in Saskatchewan she would buy flour like everything was so uh yeah she's just such a great planner she just buy like a bag of flour and we would eat that for like the whole month and she would just like work around the flour it was like two dollars at the time or something um and then get like fresh veggies and just a little bit of meat and she would cook everything was zero so did you uh did you guys shop at uh like western supermarkets or were there actual like asian supermarkets where you were i was looking through my baby pictures when i was home and there's like pictures of her pregnant with me and she's like at a no frills okay yeah because yeah I've, i've always wondered i'm like i know there's a like a lot of Chinese supermarkets or Asian-based supermarkets over here. I've always wondered, like, what it's like in the rest of Canada. I know, because the Canadian government, like, only opened up their doors for, like, Chinese students because of the shooting. So, mm. or, like, whatever was happening at the time politi- politically. So I don't think there was, like, a big um, Asian community in, in Saskatchewan. Mm-hmm. Can you just give me a second? We're going to have to pause. And we're back. In terms of food growing up, uh, were there any favorites that your parents cooked that you can talk about? My favorite was um, like egg with tomato. And then my mom would make like this kick-ass like celery sort of thing. It's just like pieces of celery and like ground pork and like onions. And like I would pair those together with white rice. That was Mm -hmm. like, as a kid, I was like, this is my favorite meal, mom. So now that, now that you're all grown up, uh, I know you said you don't really cook much, but do, are you able to cook your favorites at least? Um, so now I'm plant-based and I actually take on also like a, a raw food. Diet. Like I rather, I always choose to have like raw foods. Oh. Food. And, and it's all like very intuitive as well too, right? So the summertime I eat more salad and like fruit and now we're heading into like 
colder times. So like I have like my slow cooker on with the stews. I've honestly, I've just really crossed over to the slow cooker because because uh, like auditions come up, like just things just come up where I'm just like, I'm just going to do this overnight because I think this is going to really help the next day. So yeah. And um, I've, I've just put out like cooking on the back burner for now. I'm just like, I'm okay. I'm not picky either. So I'm just okay just eating whatever I make, something simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, Are there like, any kind of like, I guess, vegan Chinese recipes? Because I know we have vegetarian dishes in Chinese cooking, but are there any that you do? Anything, tofu and vegetables with soy sauce. That's like pretty easy. Some garlic and ginger, you know? Oh yeah. I I love, I love, I love ginger and especially love garlic. So, oh yeah. All right. So moving forward from there, um, you're an actor now. Uh, Did you always know you wanted to be an actor or is that something that you discovered later? I came out of my mother's womb. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. Always so what did you, uh, after, after high school, what did you go to school for? Yeah. So I came to U of T. I studied theater and psychology. Ooh, psychology. What's, uh, why'd you choose psychology as well? Because my mom made me, like, my parents were like, you need to get something academic. And I was like, fine, I'll get a minor. Thank God. It was so hard. Like, it's all science-based. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, where's the BA in this? I don't want no BSC in this. I didn't choose this. So yeah, definitely almost failed. But my but because I met with my professor, mm-hmm. I was like, yo, can you pass me? Um, but like you know that I'm in a show right now, so I wasn't able to fully be present with my exam. Please just pass me. I got a fifty five one year. So well, like, I'm I'm so glad you passed though. <laughs> I was like, I will, I am not taking this again. Yeah, that was pretty rough. So shows, where, did you perform at Heart House a lot? or At Vic College. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, that's the big theater department. Yeah, the Isabel Bader. Mm-hmm. Um, part of UC program. Now it's called like the Drama Center or something. But I, I so I was at um the Helen Garden Playhouse. I don't know if I'm saying it right. I'm like, oh my god, it's been so long. I can't even remember <laughs> what the theater's called. Ugh. See, I, I I went to U of T as well, but yeah, I don't. I I was a human biologist, so I knew nothing about the arts back then. Right. Yeah, it was a gem of a, a gem of a program. Um, people like yeah, people like came out of that program. Uh, so it was really nice to be in that program and be able to also do something academically on the side as well. Mm-hmm nice because you had to like double major or there was that like those options at U of T right it was like you your double major you be a specialist or you have a major double minor mm-hmm. you know options yeah so did you come out of the program uh kind of wanting to focus on theater or did you want to do like do it all I definitely came out with like I really loved my training it was really uh fulfilling and it really put me in my body Mm-hmm. And I also went off to the voice intensive out in Vancouver for a summer. So that really helped. That was like going into fourth year. And then fourth year, I was just like in rehearsal for like the end of the year show, like the whole year. So that was really nice. But I just knew coming out that theater was like not going to be. I was like, I think it's because I have such a purpose that I need to reach more people, you know? Yeah. Yeah. 
So speaking of reaching people, because um, you're like one of the most positive people I know. And on, on social media, you're just amazingly positive. And the messages you put out there are just so inspirational and fantastic. Um, just, you want to talk about a bit of the, this positive mindset that you always talk about? Because I would love to hear more. Thanks. Uh, so 2016 was a very transformative year for me. Uh, I really spent the whole year. I think why I wasn't really phased by the pandemic was because I've been through this before. In 2016, I ended up meditating the, like the whole year. Like I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning, mm-hmm. meditate in the morning, like for like three, four hours and then like have like breakfast and meditate at lunch, like, like before lunch. Like I, that's just like what I was called to do. I don't know why I was just called to do that. And I ended up doing that for like almost nine months. Um, and then I got into like esoteric studies, all sorts of stuff. But I think it was through the meditation of sitting with all of my traumas and just like really uh, letting things unearth. Like it was a really difficult time, but like I really like learned a lot in those nine months. So, so yeah, the pandemic didn't really phase me because I was just like, I'm sitting through a lot of trauma right now, but I felt this before and I know I'm going to be okay kind of thing. So, but from meditation, like deep meditation that I did at the time, I really found my voice and my truth and my purpose. And I was really able to heal a lot of uh, my negative uh, attachments and the sort of uh, conditioning that, uh, and like the weird belief systems that I grew up with. So from there, I think I just really found my purpose. And then after that, I um, really got into like communication courses, um, like self-development courses so that I could now be authentically expressed and be unstoppable in my expression. Mm. Like there's really no conversation that I can't have now, like ever. Like I'm just like full on, like let's have this conversation um, and come from a place of love. And I just know that that's really like also um, a purpose, like beyond being an actor, it's also something that I just really stand for. It's just having these authentically expressed conversations and being a stand for full self-expression with with everybody like I believe everyone has like their own unique point of view it deserves to be heard and respected and honored and so that's where I come from so in terms of like yeah coming from that being able to make content from there easy peas because I know what I'm doing (laughs) I know my stand I know that I'm impact driven so the whole point is to cause impact on people and to give people value and to give people a new point of view, like a fresh point of view so that they can feel empowered. Cause I know what it's like to be in victim mode. I was raised to be in victim mode. Um, and I don't expect now, like I can really see when I'm in victim mode and stuff. And I have like a coach for every area of my life. So whenever I feel stuck, I give them a call. So I get out of that. Um, and yeah, I see people for their greatness. I only demand people's greatness and that's, you know, I'm just here to like get people out of that, like limiting thinking. So that's really like where I come from. So, and yeah, I call myself like an inspirational speaker too. I was doing a lot of speaking last year and inspiration that actually like you break it down in spirit, right? So I'm channeling, always wanting to, to, to come from my higher self. And I know that I am when I feel good. If I'm frustrated or stressed out, I'm not, I'm not 
inspired. I'm not in spirit. Right. So with the pandemic, because I noticed that even throughout, you still did uh, kind of like Zoom. I don't, I don't know if you want to call them classes or meetups, but uh, how have you adjusted the way that you got your message out through the pandemic? Yeah. So I actually took a bit of a break from social media. Mm-hmm. And because I think I was really uh, giving too much time to it and not being fully present. Um, I know I'll get back on. Um, but I'm definitely going to pull back because I was also coming from a place of I need to prove myself. I need to show people that I care. I need um, to take care of everybody. And that's not true at all. Like everyone can take care of themselves, right? If I really like listen to what I just said before, it's like everyone's a big person. They don't need you, Connie. Like they don't, right? So um uh, yeah, so I just got back onto like my YouTube channel where I'm just like vlogging. I'm just really taking care of like my close uh, inner circle of people. Mm-hmm. And there's about 30 people. So even then, that's a lot of people to just always be in communication with like every week. Um, my network was even bigger before. So now it's just really like pulling back and just like having conversations and being with those people. So that's really like the kind of stand that I'm making is really impacting the people in my life and allowing for that to trickle mm-hmm. a, a new approach. Right. You mentioned you had coaches earlier. Do you mind giving some examples of the, the types of coaches that you have? So I have a love and dating coach. That's been like exceptional. Um, I have a fitness coach. I have um, like a, a diet and health coach. I have a spirit guide. Um, I've ha- I have a just like a regular coach that I call when I'm just stuck. Um, call him like my high vibe coach. Mm-hmm. Um, I have an acting coach. I have um, like not a financial coach, but I have a mastermind group that I'm in for finances. And yeah, I think that's it. Would you consider yourself a coach? considering absolutely yeah i uh was actually off to this weird trajectory at the beginning of 2020 where i was like full-time actress full-time like expression coach so it's almost like the pandemic was like connie just stop it already and just commit to what you know you really want to do so i took on acting and i can still be a coach for the people in my life but really having all the coaching training has really taught me to again be the stand that I, which is authentic expression, right? So it's really taught me to be able to communicate and that like communication really is all in the listening, right? I feel like that's like really, I just love being the queen of communication. I'm just like here for communication. I think that's where everything happens, where all creation happens. It's where a lot of miscommunication happens because uh, we don't listen to each other where there's like a million things going on in our own head and we're not even present. Right. So being able to be that person for others is amazing. It feels really good. Uh, veering from the, the coach and positivity side to your acting side, tokens on call. How did that come about? Right. So um, in 2016, I went to the Women in Directors Chair uh, event. This is why networking is so important. You just got to go out. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, and Winnie, the director, 
came up to me and was like, hey, like, are you an actor? Are you union? Are you funny? Like, she asked me those three questions. I was like, yeah, I think so. And then we exchanged information. And right off the bat, I was like, ooh, she's good vibes. So then we talked about tokens. It was just an idea at the time. And then she was able to work on it. And then we filmed the teaser in 2017 for IPF. And then they spent the whole, the next two years getting funding for it. Wow. And then we filmed, yeah. And then we filmed it 2018 and then it was launched last May. Yeah. Well, that's the thing with like creating your own content, right? So yeah, I was tied to it for since the beginning. And it was just beautiful to, as a young emerging artist to watch how to create something from beginning to end. Right now they got, we got funding for season two. So that's going to go to camera in the new year. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. The success of tokens, like season one really helped for funding for season two. No. Do you think COVID-19, should it continue to be second wave-like? Do you think that's going to affect how you guys go to camera in the new year? Or Yeah, we were talking. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you guys are able to because, yeah. We'll, we'll still go to camera. It's just like, how do we work around? How many people? Mm. Pictures? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we're going to camera. That's, that's, that's really good to hear. So... Tokens on Call came out last May, and something else with the word May in it is Mayflowers. Yeah. Segway. Nice segue. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so how did that come about? Because that is, that is quite a success story. Thank you. Yeah, Mariana Fung, she's wildly talented. She just came back from Vancouver, like, the year before. And then in 2018, it was actually, I filmed that, Mayflowers three weeks before I filmed Tokens. I didn't even know oh, I was going wow. to camera yet when I filmed Mayflowers. Right? Like it all happened very quick in 2018, at the end of 2018. Mm-hmm. She like she messaged a bunch of her Asian actor artist friends. She was like, hey, like, let's get some of your other Asian actors. Let's go out for dinner. And she was really committed to causing community, like a supportive Asian community here in Toronto. Cause she found that in Vancouver, everyone was so awesome. But here in Toronto, everyone's just like, doesn't want to like talk to each other. We just see each other in audition rooms. We're like, Hey, whatever. So she was, she was really committed to creating community. And so we all met up in the distillery. There was like 20 of us, like Asian artists. So I've seen before, um, and again, like in, in audition rooms, but never really got to know. And then from there, and she was like, you know, I think we should really, um, you know, keep this group community going. And I think to just like start us off, let's do the 40 hour film challenge next month. And at the time I was like, Ooh, I think I really want to try producing. So she's like, I'm going to direct. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll produce. Oh my God. (laughs) Did not know I was getting myself into. I was like, ah, I'll produce. And then, yeah. And then we just had it going that night. Like I signed us up that night and then uh, all the, artists who wanted to be a part of it we met like two weeks before the actual competition just to go over the storyline for any like all the genres and there was like a lot of genres so we just wanted to like prepare and just see how all the personalities are and stuff and then so when the day actually came like classic i pulled martial arts and they're like god of course (laughs) of course like this is so embarrassing like who's gonna do the stunts we're all asian the expectations are so high um 
But then, yeah, and then wrong foo who wrote it she wrote it in like an hour like she finished the cast may and then i did some brazilian jiu-jitsu at the time <laughs> mary i was like can you do this i was like it doesn't look like anybody else can so yeah i guess i will <laughs> <laughs> so then yeah we just filmed it um i'm still anxious like even thinking about it like it was the most stressful weekend we got like we didn't have enough time for post we got like we got the file in like right at 7 p.m the mm. deadline and yeah so we came it came out really great we were really happy with it went to best of fest uh, mariana got best director um and then we uh just used the whole year last year 2019 and it just did festival circuits and then this year at the beginning um i had a friend who has um, her short film on CBC Reflections. So I asked for the connect and then I emailed Paige over at CBC. I was like, hey, check this out. And she was like, yeah, we'll buy it. Just like that. Just like that. Because, yeah, I was going to be like, okay, what was the whole journey to get it on CBC? And it was just, wow. Is it, uh, it going to be shown on airplanes as well? We, I'm wondering about that. To Air Canada, I think it, like we were at real world a uh, real asian last year we weren't chosen for the air canada but i think that's on uh, our team's list is to, to apply again well i hope you do yeah, yeah, yeah and then eventually when i can finally get on an airplane again air i want to watch it on a plane yes <laughs> be like but i know all those people right now <laughs> no i i know it's just cool be like hey man hey i know yeah, all these yeah. people <laughs> But yes, everybody do watch it on CBC Gem. Woo! But yeah, congratulations. Like, this is oh, such a good film. I think I've seen it like six times already. You notice anything different every time? I just, I, I just find, I find little details here and there each time. Because that, that's how it is, right? Each time you watch anything, you'll just be like, oh, I, you know, now I'm not paying attention to the actors anymore. I'll look at the back. Where did you guys film it? I'm curious about that. At Mayflowers, it's a flower boutique store. Oh, the uh, an actual Mayflower. Yeah, it's where, called Flowers Toronto. It just it just all came together. <laughs> it really did. That's what it is, yo. That it was like such a blessing. Everything was so smooth. Yeah, I'm I'm amazed because I've done the uh, the 48 hour film project like four times. I just did it this past weekend, and yeah. It's, it's difficult. It's hard to find a team that's able to actually put something together with zero drama and efficiently. Yeah, there was zero ego on that set. No ego. So moving a little bit backwards to something you said earlier about the group meeting at the distillery. That was the formation of the Asians and the Six, right? Yes, that was when it was, uh, yeah, when it all began. And now we're just trying to grow the group. Yeah. So, how has that process been? Because I, I'm like, it's huge. It's it's it? relatively. It's like over a hundred people now. It is. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. huge. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> to me, hey, hey, like I, I, I've been doing this for 14 years, and I mm-hmm. barely knew anybody for most of it. Like for, for this group to exist and meeting everyone through it has been has been really, really huge and really inspiring and really transformative for me as a, as a performer. Because I've always wanted to meet people, but I found it exceptionally hard to kind of get to know. Like, you don't just like 
start converse, big conversations in the audition room because everyone's in their process, right? And then once you're done, you have to go. So, so it's like, it was hard. It's always been hard. But for this to exist has been humongous. Yeah, you came to my potluck, my holiday potluck. Yeah, yes, year. I did. Thank you for having <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, of course. And I'm like Christmas queen over here. So I'm like, mm-hmm. definitely, I can't host the Christmas party. Ugh, fine. <laughs> fine this year. Fine. But have you, have you noticed the change since the, the uh, Agents in the Six started in, in the community oh. at large? Oh, yeah. Like, I feel like there's less competition now, like just in my own like brain with other people. Like, I feel like I see people that I know, like Asians that I know, and I just like, want the best for everybody and then we can also just all be friends and go out for dinner get on the phone and just like talk about stuff so it's been really good i feel like it's such a good group and i just want everyone to feel this way so yeah we're like opening it up for people to join and just basically create a space for asian artists a really supportive group for anyone to have questions from like casting to like agent questions to you know, hey, like we're starting up a film or like just just everything. Just like a nice community. I think it's just for like longevity, just like for the long run, just to get the community going. Yeah. So uh, as we're starting to kind of wind down here, do you have any like shout outs that you want to make? I guess I would like, no, I would love to shout out Asians in the Six because that's really changed my life and everyone in it, Mariana Fung for starting, you know, really calling in that meeting uh I'd like to shout out uh my producers over at tokens for just like wanting to work with me that's been really great and yeah i think that's it all right nightingale do we have any social media stuff for her yes how do you express yourself and then someone on instagram responded with love Ooh. so that that question is for you how do you express yourself Oh, okay. I love that. Um, I How do I express myself? Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it would be through... Mm, I think I'm getting really heady with this, but I also think it's through love as well. I feel like my expression can only be authentic if there's there's love and like alignment in who I am and freedom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess I also express myself uh, with intention too. Yeah, with intention and in different like artistic ways as well like it's not just acting and it's not just speaking also like singing and dancing and um i think meditation is a really good one of just being any recommendations for meditation i'm just so hardcore i just believe in doing like a one hour sit dry no music just set your timer and just focus on your nose breathing oh that's (laughs) no i I don't do meditation, but like I've been contemplating it. So I'm just curious. Yeah. There's yeah. some apps out there that I know people use. Guided yeah, the self-guided stuff. Like guided mm-hmm. meditations really help, especially when you're starting out because it can be hard to do it on your own. Uh, so yeah, guided meditations for sure. Yeah. Any, uh, finally, any kind of recommendations for our listeners for if they kind of want to, set on their own journey of kind of self-reflection, self-discovery and positivity and being authentic. Yeah. You just need to invest in yourself. You need to go and do self-development work and you, you won't get anywhere on your own. So it's like, don't suffer, go, go get help, 
hire someone. Like, and I've always, I've never let money stand in the way. Like, it's just an investment on myself and I know that it'll all come back. So I don't let money get in the way. It's just like, just do it. Yeah. Right. Thank you. Um, and, and thank you very much for, for sitting down with us today. It's, it was an absolute pleasure to chat with you. My pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I love this stuff. Woohoo. So I know you said you're not really doing much social media anymore, but if our listeners wanted to follow your journey, is there anywhere else or, or are your social media? Like how can they connect with you? Right. What I just meant, I'm on social media and I'm still there. I'm just okay. not actually posting at like with like as a job anymore. Ah, okay. In me. Connie's still doing Connie. She's still weird and goofy and like has something important to say. But yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Connie Wong underscore. And my YouTube channel is also like I post about like a vlog a week. So that's when you'll get like the real Connie, like really what I'm going through every week. Um, all my insights and what I'm learning. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's Connie Wong on YouTube. Yeah. All, right. all right. Thanks so much. And now Nightingale, before we head out, how can people connect yeah. with you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at night.win. And I am on Instagram and Twitter as at Michael C.W. Chan and on my website, michaelchan.ca. Listeners, again, we are in the second wave. Please stay safe, mask up, and stay positive. And as always, stay, stay hungry. hungry. This has been Talking With Our Mouthsful with Michael Chan and Nightingale Nguyen. Music by Harrison Amer, crafts by Janine Cantrell, photography by E, and voiceovers by me, Jessica Chan. If you enjoy our adventures, please consider following or subscribing to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Want to connect with us? Maybe even participate in our podcast? Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at at TWMFpodcast. And as always, stay hungry.